welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hello and welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and I am so excited to have you here again this week as we journey together in trying to to be the best dads that we can be, but also working to raise amazing daughters and raising them to be strong, independent women. And today we're going to be joined by Maureen Healy. Now, if you don't know who Maureen is, the thing that I love about what Maureen is doing is she is working with parents on a daily basis to try and help them to work with sensitive kids. And all of our kids are sensitive in different ways, But Maureen is helping parents to better be able to connect with their kids, but also help them, especially in these times that are so uncertain. Many kids are are having challenges just like we are. So it's important for us to be able to connect better with them on the emotional side, but also working especially with kids that have emotional issues too. Maureen, thanks so much for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always a delight. You know, as I was looking through your bio and looking at all of the things that you are talking about today, it seems so relevant because of, I think even if you don't have an emotional child, our kids are resilient, but we have to also help them to be resilient. And I think that in these uncertain times, and we use that, I'm using the quote unquote uncertain times because of the fact that all of us are kind of up in the air. We don't know what next week's going to be like, whereas what's what's two months, six months, a year from now going to look like? And that takes a toll on us, but it also takes a toll on our kids. And if you have a child that is dealing with anxiety or dealing with other emotional issues, it com- it would only be a greater. Isn't that correct? Yeah. I mean, every child and parent is different, but certainly someone who is emotionally highly sensitive will feel things more deeply and respond quickly. So it's those kids that sort of can go in any direction very quickly that we need to help all kids, but certainly the children who can really go off the rails quickly, we need to sort of jump in and say, okay, our calmness also helps their calmness, but we need to, you know, give them some ideas and strategies so they can begin moving in a better direction. Now, I guess I should have probably asked this at the very beginning, but as you define a child that is emotionally sensitive or highly sensitive, how do you define that child? Well, that's a really good question. And that's kind of what I just did. I did talk about it in my book, Growing Happy Kids and the Emotionally Healthy Child, but an emotionally sensitive child, I mean, everyone has big feelings when you're little. That's just the nature of being small and new to the world. But highly sensitive would be someone who feels things really deeply and responds quickly. And that might be a child who, you know, just has heightened sensory processing. So, you know, they could be on the second floor of a house and on the first floor, someone's making peanut butter sandwiches and they're like, oh my God, that smell is so big. But for another child, it would be no big deal. Or another kid is, you know, on the playground on the swings and they fall off and they just sort of shake it off and go on. A highly sensitive child might just start crying and saying, oh my God, it hurts so badly. So it's someone who just feels things very deeply and responds quickly and And, you know, it's sort of like they have a little small window of comfort and our role is to help widen that window because we all know as adults that, you know, there are things, particularly the pandemic, that are uncomfortable in this world. There are definitely things that are uncomfortable in this world. And 
learning to to deal with them is something that I think every parent has to work with their child on. And um, as a parent of a child that I would consider an emotionally sensitive child, I have a teenager that definitely has struggled with that throughout her entire life. It, it compounds on itself and it takes a toll on a parent. I guess when you work with parents that have emotionally sensitive children, let's say from an early age, and they they notice it from a very early age, what steps do you have them take to, I, I'm gonna say, I guess I'm going to say recenter themselves, but also take stock of kind of the first steps that they need to take to be able to not only work within themselves, to work on themselves, to be able to be a better parent for themselves, but also work with their children? What are some of those first steps? I guess from my perspective, the beginning steps are really to acknowledge how you were parented, your own, yourself, and say, okay, what worked from my parents parenting me? What doesn't work? Like, you know, thank goodness most people don't spank anymore. That just isn't something that's effective and works. But, you know, the idea is that you have to look at the child that you have. You know, so many times I have parents that say, you know, I ordered a, a little doctor and I got a guitar player. You know what I mean? Like you just have to sort of embrace the child that you have. As simple as it sounds, oftentimes it's a challenge because we want them to meet a certain expectations oftentimes. And we have to embrace who they are and also say, okay, sensitivity was given to them as a gift. And how do we make it an asset versus a liability? How do we make it a stepping stone versus a constant struggle? And as parents and as fathers or mothers, you know, as, as a parent, you are looking at the child and, and it, you know, you may say, oh, this is a struggle. Or you may in- internally feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're so sensitive. What did I say? I don't even know what they said. Because, you know, from our perspective, we know, we have a wider perspective. We know when there's a big challenge. But when you're four or five or six or seven, you think something's a tremendous challenge. And we know that, you know, that's in the grander scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. But for them, it is. So it's appreciating their perspective, meeting them where they are and helping them move through it while building skills. I mean, I think a key piece of the puzzle is a child that isn't quote unquote behaving well. It just means that they're having an emotional experience that they don't have the skills yet to handle. So if they're, you know, slamming doors or screaming, it's like basically what they're trying to say to you is like, I'm feeling something. I don't have the skills to handle this emotion and I need your help, whether it's now, later. I mean, in the moment, it's a little bit like, you know, jumping out of a plane with a parachute, you have to wait till the child gets to the bottom and then you can restart. But in the midst of it, you just get through it. And sometimes that's not always easy to do because in the midst of it, sometimes those emotions on both sides are running so high that you, as a parent, you do have to be able to find that center for yourself to be able to step away and be able to understand what your child's going through. And I've been there and definitely sometimes I, I am successful. And sometimes I am not successful in regards to keeping my own emotions out of the mix. And sometimes, you know, you look back at it and you you reflect and say, dang it, I wish I would have done something a little bit different. And and you learn and grow from that. And what I love about that is, (laughs) is that you can learn together. Like, it doesn't have to be about the child. It's like, hey, I could have, you can admit to your son or daughter, like, hey, I could have done that better. I get it. So like, we're all growing and learning together. And my pers- my perspective is that children take our energy, our, our emotional state and amplify it and send it back. So that's where it gets tricky, right? That's where when we're angry, they take that anger and just 
boom, it's a volcano. So it's that's where some of our own calming and centering tools are so very important because, you know, they will pick up on the slightest thing and send it back to us. Now, when you talk about some of the centering tools that someone might need to develop, especially as they've come to find that they have a emotionally sensitive child, if someone has that type of a child in their life, if they, you know, and maybe they're, maybe the parent is emotionally sensitive too, and they're kind of butting heads and they have to learn again, like you said, together, what are some of those tools that they can work on uh, either together or apart to be able to start to grow and learn together? It's a great question. I do cover them in my book, The Emotionally Healthy Child. And even though the book is about children, I would say the biggest feedback I got is forget kids. These are the tools that I need. So it can be anything from breathing techniques, which, you know, if you're alive, you have your breath. So that's, it's always with you. It's not like something you have to put in your back pocket. So some particular breathing exercises, whether it's, you know, I I can, you know, the ones for kids that I like is, you know, hot soup breath where they imagine there's a hot soup in front of them and, you know, there's air in their nose and then they blow it out their mouth. Like it's a hot soup or, you know, um, oftentimes I'll have kids start with their hands closed and take a deep breath. And every time they take a deep breath, they pop out one of their fingers in their hand, in their, say, a right hand. And then by the time they have five, their fingers are out. So doing that three times. As an adult, you can do particular types of breaths, calming breaths. You can do a, a motto or a mantra, this too shall pass. You can put a song on that just clicks you back into place and helps you remember that, hey, in this moment, nothing is more important than that child. Because some, so many times we sort of go unconscious a little bit, go subconscious, I guess you would say. We, we forget in the moment that how important this moment is. We just get angry, you know, and that's okay. We're all normal. We're all human. And the goal isn't to be perfect. It's just to find tools that work for you. Maybe it's jumping on a trampoline, right? Hey, telling your son or daughter, I need five minutes. I'm going to go jump on this trampoline for five minutes and I'll be back and we can talk. You know what I mean? Remembering that when you're angry, you usually there's not great decisions that come out of that. So you want to do your best to make choices and reconnect with your child when you're feeling a little bit better, when they're feeling a little better, when you're both a little bit calmer so that you can come together. And also when you're doing sort of corrective stuff with your son or daughter, you're really clear. You say, I absolutely adore you unconditionally, but that behavior isn't correct. Versus a sensitive child, you say, you have to stop doing that. They'll think, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm damaged. I'm not good enough. They start to have mental negative self-talk. So we just have to be really clear in how we communicate with them, not only emotionally, but verbally. Like, you know, listen, I adore you. I love you. And that behavior just doesn't work in the house, whatever it may be. Such great advice. Now, I know that, as I said at the beginning, the times that we're in right now can cause some even bigger issues in regards to raising emotionally sensitive kids. There's a lot of anxiety that is happening right now within the world today, and parents are holding on to it. Kids are holding on to it. Sometimes kids are feeding off of parents or other adults and or what they see in the media. As you are working with parents and talking to parents about the anxiety that they're seeing in their kids or even the anxiety that they're holding within themselves, what are you saying to them about what they can do to talk to their kids about what's happening and how they can work to lessen the anxiety that their children or even themselves 
are holding right now? It's a very good question. Um, I would say, of course, we have to be age appropriate. You know, what we say to a teen is much different than what we, we say to, a, you know, a first grader. But I would say that, you know, we focus on age appropriate facts and that we talk about what is within our control and what's not within our control. And, you know, the more activities and strategies that we can do of mindfulness, I think is really helpful. So, for example, bringing ourselves back to the present moment. Some some children that I deal with who sort of go into what I would call a worry storm or, you know, anxiety, they sort of fall down that slippery slide of saying, what if? What if this? What if I take the vaccine and XYZ happens? What if we drive over the Golden Gate Bridge and we have an earthquake? What if, you know, they just go down the what ifs. So that's where you want to help them come back to the present moment. You want them to know that you are 100% there for them, that challenges is, exist in the world, but the healthiest thing to do is to focus on what you what you can control. And sometimes things, you know, sometimes stress is alleviated by learning more information, meaning, you know, look at all these scientists, look what they're doing, look at all the brilliant minds that are working on this project. And putting into place in your household, particularly in, in your, for your own self, doing a little bit of, um, how do I say it, being really moderate about the news. Like don't have way too much news because that creates additional anxiety and additional stress, especially for children. And I'm not saying you necessarily have to keep them in the dark, but age appropriate. What news does, it's very interesting, is it gives like the feel-good chemicals in our brain like dopamine and it gives us a bump like uh, as if you had just like had you know a real positive bump in your in your mood chemicals and it's similar to what children do with video games they say oh i got this oh i got this when you say hey you need to get off the screen they say i need five more minutes because they're getting all these positive bumps in their brain these positive mood chemical bumps and what you want to do is recognize that you know what sometimes that is that's a little bit of addictive behavior, even though it's just the news. Sometimes when you step away from the news, your nervous system can rebalance itself and you can actually learn how to feel calmer again. And you go, oh, I didn't even you don't realize, oh, I wasn't even realizing that was having an impact on my nervous system. But now, you know, three days off of the news, I feel so much better. I feel so much calmer. So, you know, do what works for you and your family, of course, and stay informed. But again, you don't want to be inundated. You want to have an appropriate level that fosters your positive emotional health and helps you thrive despite the challenges in the world. That's definitely so important today because I think that there's been so much that has been thrown at so many. And with that in mind, when you, when you talk about the media and, and what, what is out in the media, what's being thrown at us all the time, and a lot of times it's very negative, um, and looking at what we can do to be, be able to help our kids to be able to turn the volume down mm-hmm. and allow for them to be able to sift out some of that negative back chatter, I think is really important. Now, I know that one of the things that you work with too is talking about, I guess, with that back chatter and the noise that's out there is putting things in perspective. And I know that as we were talking before we started today, you had said that one of that a piece that's really important right now as well is trying to put things in perspective, allowing children to be able to put things in perspective in regards to their place in the world. 
Are there ideas that you have about what parents can do, what they uh, kind of conversation starters or things that we can do to help kids to put things in perspective in regards to the world around them? Let's see. I mean, I think that one of the, and I talk about seven misperceptions of, of childhood in my book, The Emotionally Healthy Child. But one of them is the idea that like when you're feeling something, whether it's sadness or anger, you know, typically sadness, getting into a funk, children who run cold or you know, you, you start to think that this feeling is going to last forever. Right. And I think that we can get into that little bit of a funk with the pandemic, of course, like this is going to last forever. When are we ever going to get out of online schooling or when are we ever going to get out of the house, to be honest with you right now? So there is that feeling that it's going to last forever. So helping kids get that wider perspective that this is temporary and this is a challenging experience. We will make it through together we are going to learn the most from each other and we're going to do our, do our best. I mean, hey, it's not perfect. We all have our moments, but we're going to do our best to find meaning in this experience. Maybe we can learn how to cook new things. Maybe we can build a new Lego set. Maybe we can do things that we would otherwise never have the time together to connect on. But, you know, most pandemics, there's usually a two-year window. You know, there's, there's time where you know, everyone's shut down, there's a vaccine, there's a distribution. And looking back to history, you know, what, what has the people before us gone through? And what have they learned from? And that, you know, having some hope and positive expectations that after these challenges, there's going to be really good things to look forward to. So I, I think helping children have that wider perspective is important, because it's not something natural to them at six years old, seven or eight, you're sort of really in the moment, which is a good thing. But you also want them to recognize that this isn't going to last forever. We will make it through this together. And then we will go on to eventually have vacations and trips and do the good things that we're hoping to do. It is important to have that future, that future looking perspective, because I think that so many people are just in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, and they are looking at all of the things that are that are happening and things that are holding people in their homes and not allowing them to be able to do the things that they typically would do. Whereas instead of looking forward and saying, this too shall pass, mm-hmm. that we are all in this together, it, this will pass. You know, if we have to set aside one holiday with family, that's okay. Or one get together, you know, because of because of this, it's okay because we'll have more. And mm-hmm. we'll have to look forward and and try to have those conversations with our with our kids, but also with ourselves and with other family members and friends too, because I think that all of those things are going to be important as we move forward to be mm-hmm. able to just keep that mental stability for ourselves and that mental health for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, there are families and children going through deep losses at this time, not just financial, but losing people. And I think really helping them through that moment and knowing that, you know, that you will emerge through it as a family is vitally important. That is definitely the case and definitely important to understand too, because not everybody is in the same place at this time. And we have to know that mm-hmm. so that and and be very empathetic in regards to that and try to have our kids understand that mm-hmm. as well that every person is in a different place in how the the world around them is affecting them but also mm-hmm. the and it is affecting their families as well now as we look toward the future and we look at starting to come back i'm going to say rebounding from all of this there's there's an emotional toll that Uh, that will take place in regards to what has happened, but what will happen 
And as we look forward to starting to get back into our our day-to-day routines, our normal, I'm going to say our quote-unquote normal life that was there prior to the pandemic, what are some steps that we all can take as parents, but also, but especially if you have a emotionally sensitive child to prepare them for that gradual stepping back into the normal routines that we had prior to this? It's a great question. And I think everyone, like we said before, will be really impacted differently. But I think that from like, you know, if I step back and look at it again, from a wider perspective, it really is resilience that children and parents can build through this experience. And from my perspective, again, you know, I don't want anyone to fall behind on their education, but I I think there is no academic emergency. I think the real opportunity here is to build that resilience, that inner strength, that courage. And that includes when we start returning to a new normal, which will be different, that, you know, we have slightly different expectations that, but when more people are vaccinated and there's more you know, sort of comfort in the concept that there's, you know, great treatments and that you're not as risk as we thought you were and that we can safely reopen schools. I think getting kids back to, you know, reconnecting with their friends is going to be vital. They're at the, usually they're at that age where this is, you know, their friends are the their world to them. So right now they're oftentimes connecting with their friends online, but when they start to do it in person again, I think that's great. And I think setting the stage with them that like, hey, you know, things may be different for quite a while, but they don't have to be different worse or different bad. They can be different better. We learn from our experiences and we become stronger and hopefully wiser. That's really the goal. That is definitely the goal. And I appreciate you sharing that because I think that it is so important that we all keep that in mind, um, that that we do have to go through this process to be able to help not only ourselves, but our, our children as we move forward. Now, I know you mentioned you have two books. You have The Emotionally Healthy Child as well as Growing Happy Kids. Talk to me about the difference between these two books. If someone was interested in reading more about some of the concepts that you've raised today, what's the difference in the concepts that you've raised? My book, Growing Happy Kids, is about, and that's my website, growinghappykids.com, but it's about inner confidence, what some would say resilience and inner strength, you know, how to be, because basically... I wrote that book first because as a foundation for having a happier life, you need to have that inner strength. I mean, the pandemic has shown us the people that can be strong from the inside out are going to be able to get through this. So Growing Happy Kids is about inner strength and resilience. Uh, The Emotionally Healthy Child is about uh, knowing the ideas and strategies that will help you as an adult and your child move towards flourishing and away from struggling. So that's certainly very important for highly sensitive children. And I have another book, The Energetic Keys to Indigo Kids, and that's about children who are highly sensitive and also strong-willed, those stubborn kids that you say, hey, it's time to go do X, Y, Z. And they say, uh-uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I will make sure that both links for each of these books are in our notes today so that you can find these because I think it is so important if you do have an emotionally sensitive child to be able to have the resources at your fingertips to be able to help you. I know that you also have a website that is highlysensitivekids.com that will allow for people to be able to connect with with you and what you're doing and what you're talking about here too, which is great. And I and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all the work that you are doing to help parents with emotionally sensitive kids because we need it. 
we need the the support. We need the resources out there to be able to to help us to help our children to be the best that they can be. And it's one day at a time, as I said. And I I know that personally, uh, there have been days of struggle, but there are definitely days of of high points too. And and it's just one day at a time, and you work through it with your child and and help them to to be better every every day. Thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the world to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.